Hi, and welcome back to the What's Your Christian Do podcast. I'm your host, Jim Richardson. On this episode, I did an interview with my friend Tony at his place of business. I'm not going to edit the the interview. I think it's interesting to just hear the interview as it was uh, taped with no editing. So that's the way I'm going to leave it. I'm sorry for not getting back publishing this episode as quick as possible. I had to get logistics worked out with Tony and getting with him. And plus I had to have an unexpected trip. So, but I'm back and this is going to be the interview that we did with some of the things that are going on. We're going to be touching base on a few scriptures in in the Bible and uh, hope uh, you enjoy it. So let's go ahead and get into the interview. Okay, welcome back to the What's Your Christian Do podcast. I'm your host, Jim Richardson. Uh, today, I'm going to do my first interview podcast with my friend here. His name is Tony. Um, we're going to go over a few things here. Just kind of, again, what's going on in our country and how things are impacting us and even not only us, our kids as well, because it's going to affect our kids more than it's going to affect anything, I believe. But, okay, Tony, um, introduce yourself and uh, tell me what you do. Well, my name's Tony. I'm 31 years old. Uh, I'm a welder, and I'm just happy to be here and glad to be a part of this. All right, good. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Um, you know, I got in touch with you. You know, there's a lot of, uh, we're here on location. There's probably a little bit of background noise. That's okay. Um, I got in touch with you, kind of this issue, because things are going on in our country. Critical race theory is coming in. It's seems to be dividing more than it is uniting people uh, about this hierarchy thing. There's so many things going on, the wokeism, the Marxism, things. It's crazy where our country, even in our world, is headed to. But in this podcast, we're going to talk about what should the church do? What should a Christian do? And not as far as physically, for say, but what can we do? Spiritually, as far as prayer, helping these people do what we can, and uh, getting a hold of these people more of on a on a biblical level, okay? Because that's the foundation of our country is the biblical principles. People might not think so, but it really is, okay? So I did talk to you about you know kind of what we're going to cover, and another book uh, that I recommend. Uh, to my viewers, uh, another one is by Stephen J. Lawson. It's called Famine in the Land. And it talks about how preachers today were in need of good biblical preachers that preach the Word of God, not something that you see something and do your own thought mm-hmm. off of. Do what the Word says. Okay. And there's another book that I, I recommended uh, was Christ Called to Reform the Church. And that's by John MacArthur. And in that, uh, that's where I got, uh, was kind of interesting, was the church of Laodicea. Okay, I'm going to read some scripture here. It's in Revelation 3, 14 uh, through 22, I believe it is, toward the end of the chapter. And it's it's about a church. It's the lukewarm church. Okay, it's an apostate church. So apostate is something that has fallen away from their beliefs. Okay, it's fallen away 
what they're doing. That's what this church is labeled out. And Christ is writing this church. And it says in verse 14, And to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, The Amen, which is talking about Jesus, the beautiful, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were cold or hot. In other words, he's wanting, you need to pick a side. Have an opinion. Yeah, you need, so if you have an opinion, you need to pick a side. Right. Okay. Because there's no gray matter in between things. It's either black or white, really. Okay. So, so in verse 16, it goes on and says, So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of, out of my mouth. In other words, it's almost like a gag reflex. Okay. So, like you get something, it's like, you know, you, you start gagging on it. So, it's kind of the, the reference here is, God, this church isn't deciding on what it's going to do. It's either hot or cold. It's not. It's right in the middle. It, it's it's intertwined with so many cultures that we kind of see today because mm-hmm. we relate to this church today. And so Christ says, I speak you out of my mouth because I, I want you either way. Yeah, it's like you want a hot coffee or you want a cold beverage. Right, right. That's that's right. So you don't want to eat. So to me, I... I'm not a fan of cold coffee, you know, mm-hmm. hot coffee, but there's a point there. It's like, it doesn't taste right. And you just like, I just got to spit it out of my mouth. Same right. thing. Okay. It says, because you say that I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see those whom I love I reprove and discipline therefore be jealous or be zealous excuse me zealous and repent behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice open my door and I will come into him and we will dine I will dine with him and him with me he who overcomes I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne, and I also overcome, sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear, and the Spirit says to the churches. Mm-hmm. Okay, so give you a little background, because in here it talks about you don't have any wants. It's kind of like today, you know, it's kind of like the things now are so readily available. Yeah, you don't have to strive for anything, because it's just there. Right, it's just yeah. there readily available. It's too easy to get a hold of. It's kind of like it's kind of like the. Uh, I'll give an example. One of the things that's haunting our society today is pornography. Mm-hmm. Pornography. Way back when, you had to take an ID in to go get you one of those magazines or something. You had to be a certain age. Right. Okay. Now it's just rampant all over the place. You can get it on your phone or whatever. So there, there's nothing holding it back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, kind of give you a, a, an idea of kind of some of this stuff is when it talks about the eye salve to anoint your eyes so that you can see. I did a little research on the Church of Laodicea, which is pretty interesting. Okay. It's called the Lukewarm Church, the Apostate Church. It was actually founded about 250 years before Christ was born. Okay, um, it is the final uh, city along um, a postal route 
uh, on a route coming from Asia Minor. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a central hub. Okay. The location, there's three cities that's in here. I wrote it down here. It's Lycus River Valley. Okay. And in this area also is Higher Pelosi, I believe they call it. Some of these names are kind of weird. And it's about six miles north. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you have Colossi, which is 10 miles east of there. And then roughly about 46 miles south is the city of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not, not Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, right. <laughs> Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, but Philadelphia. So Philadelphia is actually another church. And so if you read up and starting in chapter, and verse 7 to 13, you read about the Church of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's in this area that John, that, that Christ is telling John to write these letters to these churches. Okay. Now it was founded by Antiochus II. Okay. Uh, which Laodicea was named after his wife. Laodicea. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Which later he divorced her. Kind of weird, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, there is uh, primary routes. There's there's just like two primary routes. Kind of give you the geographical location. Is So, there's a road that goes north and south. It goes from uh, Pergamum, from the city of Pergamum, to the route to the Mediterranean Sea. So, it's a major route. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're right in the middle. And there's a road that's east and west that goes from Ephesus into the interior territory of Asia Minor. Mm-hmm. So it's a major route. Okay. Now, whenever in here it says uh, in verse 18, it advise you uh, about the richness in or 17 as you become wealthy and rich. Laodicea is a church that has strived to come about economically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they made soft uh, black wool. Okay. And they made that for high end rugs and clothes. So they're on cashmere. Yeah, cashmere, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's high in clothes. Okay. And they're wealthy, you know, because he's talking about here, he's, they're rich. Mm-hmm. They're a hub. They're, they're actually a bank hub for surrounding cities. So this is a major area. Okay. Um, they were a leader in the medical field, in ancient medicine. ISAF. Okay. Because it says in here, in verse 18, it talks about. Uh, and I said to anoint your eyes so that you may see. So Christ is one of them to see him. So he's taking these things that they do as a metaphor like I said, it's like you make this, but you, you need to take I said so you can see me. In other words, you need to get rid of the things that's going on in your city mm-hmm. and look at me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look at me. That's it. Okay. So like they're kind of, are based off of materialistic things. That Correct. Like, say how, like, for example, in modern day terminology, we've got some Gucci glasses and saying, take off your Gucci glasses and put on uh, some focal points to see me. Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. You know, just kind of, you know, it's like, you know, you give this stuff for people to be able to see, right. but you can't see me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you do this, but I'm here for you. Okay. All right. But one of the downfalls is they had a faulty water supply. Okay. Um, in the night in AD 60, they, there was an earthquake in the area. And a lot of cities were, were connected with Rome. Okay. For financial help and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Laodicea was not. They did not 
they were Rome. They were connected to Rome in a way, but after this earthquake, they didn't seek after Rome's help financially. Mm-hmm. And Rome thought they were great for that. You know, they could sustain themselves right. because they come wealthy. Okay. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that also hindered them was their water supply. Okay. They made these gray pipes. They dug them underground five miles. Can you? I mean, that was a major undertaking. That's huge, man. You know, back then, because there was no modern day mining equipment yeah. or tilling equipment. So, like five miles, yeah. So, it was polluted. It, it, it would run polluted or it was very inconsistent water mm-hmm. coming in. Okay. Um, one of the churches, Hero Pelosi, I think I said that. I'm not sure, but they're known for their hot springs. Mm-hmm. And you actually today go to those hot springs. They're yeah, still known for that yeah they're still known for that. There's still hot springs over there. Colossi was known for their cold, natural running spring water. So that would be great to yeah, get hold of. Okay. But apparently they wanted to be by themselves. Okay. And so they made their own tunnels. And so whenever the water came in, um, it's about five miles long. And it would come in and it would be filthy polluted and just had this foul odor, very unpleasant. Okay. And that was one that was their downfall. Okay. The reason I say that is because if you look at today, our church our the the church should look at how our country is going. Mm-hmm. There are good things and there's bad things going on. I mean there is. Uh, we're becoming wealthy, you know, wealthy nation, we're providing things for people and all that. But like in Laodicea, they had idolatry. They So whenever they came in, because you'll notice in verse 20, it said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This is Christ talking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him, and I will dine with him and he with me. Now, a lot of churches, they'll take that as a, a seeker-sensitive movement that he's knocking on the door of your heart. I guess you can do it if you so choose. Mm-hmm. But in this case, this is not what this is. This is, he's knocking on the door of the church. He's wanting to come in to dine in with the church. Okay? And in that church, they're refusing him because of idolatry. they got so many mixed things coming in from different religion cultures and everything else, and it's so mixed up. Kind of like today. So I mean, it's so mixed up, even some churches are denying it because of right. the lukewarmness? Yeah, so they're they're lukewarm. So like our country could be lukewarm because we have Christians that believe in Christ. Right. We have some that say they believe, but they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 like a whitewashed tomb. There's a there's a quote in Acts uh, twenty one, I believe. It talks, Paul talks about the the Sadducees and the Pharisees were whitewashed tombs. In other words, on the outside they look great, but on the inside they were dark. Mm-hmm. There's nothing good in them. Okay. That's kind of the same thing. A lot of people get on a false front. Mm-hmm. They look good on the outside, but how are they behind closed doors? That's yeah. that's when you truly can tell your integrity. You be are you the if you're going to portray yourself this? Are you that same way when no one's watching? Right. Okay. So, um, so the deal with idolatry, like today, people turn to things for for. Satisfactions, you know, anything to replace Christ, that's what they do because, like anybody, we want to see tangible things, you know, like this bottle of water 
or whatever, you know, I see that that's tangible. Mm-hmm. Well, faith, and you say, well, Christ is alive. He is resurrected from the dead. You can't see that. That's where faith comes in. So if we want to do tangible things, and that's where idolatry comes in, and if you're not careful, it can really distort that. Like here, they had a warped sense of, of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, what do you think? I mean, how, how do you think that would relate to today? I mean, you could just see it all over the place, like you're saying. I mean, um, you see, obviously, all these kind of things where you can see that the country is very much on appearances. Right. You know, and you can see that everybody, you don't have to work for anything. Like you, like you were saying a little bit earlier, you can go to Amazon and order something. Well, you don't have money. Well, guess what? You got a credit card. So now you don't need that money. You right. just get it. And it's something that people just turn to daily because it's just part of, I guess, who we are as Americans nowadays. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. At least that's the projection that we're right. having on. Yeah. It's kind of like almost... Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, this is what we do. Everything's fast track. I can get it now, get it whatever. And um, so it's like, if I can get this now, why do I need this? Okay. Yeah, so it's like it's a white weight mentality. Just yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I see it a lot of times it's like people, they want some satisfaction in something. Rather than running to Christ for their needs, um, they run to something else. That's idolatry. That's the basic form of idolatry. Mm-hmm. You know, and everything. I mean, um, the. I mean, it's almost like a, a blasphemous belief towards uh, towards the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I mean, it really is. It's like today, you have, you know, your critical race theory stuff going on. And it's dividing people more than uniting people. It's more of a hierarchy. You know, if you're a certain uh, ethnic group, you're already a suppressor. You're already bad or whatever. And I was asked one time, um, this back um, whenever the elections, before the elections, you know, because it was a very controversial election. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a gentleman, a friend of mine, he still is, he, on Facebook, uh, he asked, can I be a Democrat and still be a Christian? I turned right around and I said, can I be a Republican and still be a Christian? And it wasn't even 20 minutes later, one of his friends starts bashing me, saying that mm-hmm. I'm hiding behind my religion. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, no, that's, that's not it. I'm just telling you like it is. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't, since now that I'm, I, I was a certain party, I was already a racist automatically because I associated to something. Right. You know, where, where, I mean, where do we get to the point of where, why can't we take the person for who they are? I have no idea. I've thought about that quite a bit. Uh, that automatically because you follow or uh, agree with any particular belief, no matter how minuscule it might be, because there's a connotation of some people doing that, it just automatically makes you that. Right. And I think that's just ignorance at its best. It's just, right. how are you going to just generalize and say, 
because, for example, you're a, what is the race, the race theory? Yeah, critical race theory. Yeah, and I mean, why, I'm not, I'm not white, I'm Mexican, but I don't see why a white person, because they're born white, Mm -hmm. automatically they have more of a, uh, they're more easily to be viewed as a racist than pretty much any other race in this country. You know, just being born white, you're right. automatically more inclined to be a racist. Right. You know, I, I was doing some uh, research on my family, and I went to Alabama and did some research on my family. I found out a lot of things, um, and a lot of things that I, I found out that uh, I didn't like. You know, I did have some ancestors back in the early 1800s that were here that they did own slaves. You know, I if I'm going back now, I, I can tell them, hey, you know, that's not cool. You know, I wished I could. You know, things could look better knowing if they know what we know now back then in a lot of ways, I think it would change, but we can't change the past. And I, I feel that if we don't learn from the past, we're destined to repeat it. Okay. Um, I just, what's also um, on the critical race theory is along that line is how things are changing. It's like, we, are we having a title now of pronouns? You mean like, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Well, kind of like. She. Let's just say, like, set up father, mother, they're just parents. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's they or anything dealing with a pronoun. It's not a specific. Okay? You kind of see where I'm going with this. Where did it come about now that they're changing, um, they're, they're changing some uh, wording now, some things that birthing people? People. Yeah. So instead of a, instead of a you know a woman or a wife giving birth to a child, so you have certain people, they're birthing that can, people that can give birth. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, is that actually a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. So now I'm not I'm not going to say your harp on this or anything. It just kind of hits me wrong because, like I said on the other podcast, I'm just a normal guy. Seeing how things are going, and it's like when you start, when people start pushing these things, it becomes harder and harder for Christians to take a stand. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and as we read here in the Church of Laodicea, there's a lot of things going on, and Christ was knocking at the door that He wanted to come with them and dine with them and be with them. But they're lukewarm. They got so much. They go in both directions. You can't pick a path. One's right, one's wrong, one's wrong, one's right, or whatever. And Christ doesn't like that. He'd rather you be hot or cold. One of the two. Make a choice. Okay. That's kind of the way I see it here. Our country, a lot of ways in our world, is becoming this way. We're so wishy-washing things. You know, it's funny you should say that because, I mean, it's some it's some of the littlest things, too. For example, a lot of these people that 
they don't like he and him and her and all that kind of sort. Right. Now it's becoming a huge thing to this tape that I have in front of me. It's a he now. How is it more okay to call this tape a he than it is to call a man a he? Yeah, I, and I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know either. <laughs> it's the little things like that. Where I was like, how, where are we nowadays that you can? It's more acceptable to call this a gender than a human that is that gender. Right. See, that's the things that we battle these days, and that's where. Where does the where does a Christian take a stand? Where can the Christians help? Um, I think it's just more than anything. Just there's that whole thing you got to take God out of. Like for example, uh, what is it? The not the Star Spangled Banner. The Pledge of Allegiance. The Pledge of Allegiance. Yes. Yeah. Take God out of it. Why? Why is it? Why is it not okay to have if, at the very least that tradition of Leaving the word God in there. I mean, not only that, though. Country was based upon Christianity at the beginning. Why take away that tradition of it? Just because a couple people don't like that word. It's, I don't know. Like, um, why not be able to, to just stand up and say, no, like, this is the way it's going to stay. Why? Like, there's so much apologies going on nowadays. Like, there's no standing up for what anybody thinks is right because right. it's just apologize before you make a big deal of it. Right. Because there's going to be a time where Christians are going to have to take a hard line. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to stand up. It's almost a razor's edge, okay, on how things tip. Yeah. And there's going to be a point to where you got to you got to hold the line. you got to hold your line. And like I said in the first podcast, if any of y'all haven't heard the first two podcasts, my first one, I talk about we have to take a st- Christ came and Christians had to take a stand on biblical truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Christ came, if you read it, well, I can't remember exactly where, but he, he made a quote that he came to divide. Okay. So whenever I said divide, the word of God. He brings it. It's going to make division. Mm-hmm. Yes, he came to seek and save that which is lost. He, he came to save sinners. Okay, it's in his word. But he said he also come to divide because his word is dividing people. Because mm-hmm. if you take a stand on, a firm stand on the word of God, you'd be one of the hatest people right. in this country. So now you're dividing. People see that as a division. When When you get the body of Christ together, and the common message is the gospel message of Christ's resurrection. You unite Christians together in a unique way and become unified. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be times, you know, like we said, there's so much wishy-washy people going here and there. And if you try to tell them, hey, you know, this here, then now you're labeled as a bigot or whatever. So you're dividing already. Yeah, it's like you can't have an opinion right. or... Yeah, You're so, a racist. Yeah, this whole thing is like you can't have your cake and eat it too because yeah. this is it. You know. So yeah. So that's what I'm saying is Christ he said, I come to divide because that's what I'm bringing is the word. He said, like that's what I did. And he also unified the church. Okay, in that. Okay. So I think as Christians we need to first of all, if we need to pray for the lost, we need to pray for people. 
anything. We need to pray for our country. Okay? Prayer is a powerful thing. You know, there's private prayer and there's corporate prayer. You know, I, I, was, I mentioned that and talked about it in my second podcast. You know, corporate prayer is very important. That corporate prayer is the church coming together, praying together. And that's corporate prayer. It's very important. Um, but I, I wanted to talk to you about it and kind of got get your perspective on it. Everyone's going to be different on how they think, but it's, you know, the perspective, how, how you see it. You know, on this podcast, I can give my point of view all the time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if I can go out and talk to people so often, like you, mm-hmm. you can get your perspective. That way, hey, it ain't just me thinking this way. There's other people here. There's millions of people thinking the same way. Now, again, am I harping on the, you know, all the other stuff? No, I'm not taking, I'm not going to sit here and pick a file with anybody. I'm just saying, this is what's going on. This is what the Word of God says. Okay? That's it. Mm-hmm. And I, that's all That's all I can do is stand on the Word of God. Okay? Um, biblical truth is, I think, one of the most important. Okay. I mean, you got any other thoughts or anything? I mean, well, really the biggest thing that I see in this country is just the lack of being able to disagree. Like, to peacefully disagree with someone. You know, you can have an opposite viewpoint, or maybe a similar viewpoint, but just take a slight turn somewhere, and all of a sudden it's a huge argument, and I'm right, you're wrong, this kind of thing. Yeah. And there doesn't need to be that way. It's okay to have an opinion, like we were just talking about. Yeah. Opinions are okay. And I think somewhere along the line, we as Americans, as Christians, as everything we lost that, that we can disagree and still coincide with each other. And everything can be okay. We don't have to get offended by every little thing. And then if you do happen to offend somebody, you don't have to publicly apologize to everybody. And right. you know, like this whole cancel culture thing too. It's like people make mistakes. And I'm sure, and I know a lot of it is people that make big, huge, horrible mistakes. But I mean, to publicly for lack of a better word, like to probably crucify somebody, you know, <laughs> for doing something like that. Like, what are we doing? Like, what's the message that we're sending? Right. And I don't think it's right. I don't think it's good to let them go with just a smack on the wrist, but the whole cancel culture ideology is something that is, um, I, re- I think, impeding a lot of the younger generation that they can just cancel whoever they want, and it's people, it's people's here, it's their livelihoods, it's their reputations, it's a lot, it's not just a matter of okay, he said something wrong, now we gotta throw him away, basically. Yeah. Right. I think it's a horrible thing that's happening. Yep, it is. But anyway, uh, I know you're busy, Um, we'll just kind of cut it off here, and then uh, Hopefully in the future we can get back together and uh, maybe discuss some more things um, yeah, for sure. in the future. And, Talk uh, more about this. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, thanks for uh, y'all tuning in. Um, sorry, it was a few days late coming out, but I had to get some logistics set up with uh, Tony here, meet up with him and all. I know he's busy. So, um, 
appreciate y'all tuning in. And again, uh, check out the first two episodes and please uh, write us a review and uh, subscribe to the channel. And uh, we'll, and, uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the What's Your Christmas Day podcast. Please subscribe to my podcast. Uh, we'll have some more up uh, next month. And I do apologize for being late. So please again subscribe to the, uh, my podcast. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Have a great day.